Hello and welcome to Rooted and Unwithered. I'm Cole Newton. And the following is a continuation of our meditations through the New City Catechism. And so today we are in question number 31, which asks, What do you believe by true faith? Answer, everything taught to us in the gospel. The Apostles' Creed expresses what we believe in these words. We believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, and from there he will come to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Having answered that it, what it means to have faith in Christ, the New City Catechism now takes us into the doctrinal substance of our faith, which is summarized in the Apostles' Creed. So the main reason that we should affirm the Apostles' Creed is that it is a faithful summary of the essential Christian doctrines. It is a snapshot of the core teachings of Christianity. So this is crucial because the Bible repeatedly commands us to stand firm in sound doctrine. Acts chapter 2 verse 42, for example, tells us that the fledgling church devoted or immersed and saturated themselves in the Apostles' teaching, which is revealed to us in the scriptures. Through the the prophets in the Old Testament and the apostles in the New Testament, God has made himself known to humanity. The scriptures alone, therefore, define the basics of our belief that we should hold to. They teach us the faith for which we must be ready to contend. But the Apostles' Creed, like all creeds and all confessions, is not scripture. It does, however, provide us with a lens for understanding the overall message of the Bible. So creeds, therefore, are not ends unto themselves. Rather, they are a means by which we are able to better know God's word. But if the Bible itself is the only authoritative revelation of God, wouldn't all creeds and confessions just distract from the Bible itself? Or to put it another way, should we believe in no creed but the Bible? You see, the problem with rejecting all creeds, confessions, and statements of faith as undermining the authority of the Bible is that the idea is almost entirely fallacious in logic. Because creeds are statements of faith, the phrase, no creed but the Bible, is itself a creed, which means that its meaning falls apart as quickly as arguing that there are absolutely no absolutes. The very premise is self-defeating as even summarizing and paraphrasing the message of the Bible would necessarily be a kind of informal creedal statement. In fact, creeds are helpful and even necessary for understanding the Bible. Christians, furthermore, have long looked to the Apostles' Creed as a guide for understanding the essential doctrines of the faith. The Bible certainly contains many issues and topics, but not all of them are essential, and we don't have to agree exactly about interpreting these things. For example, many believers disagree on whether the supernatural gifts of the Spirit continue today or have ceased. Both cases can be reasonably made from Scripture, and since it's a secondary issue, we won't lob heresy grenades at one another. We disagree and remain united around the core truths that make us disciples of Christ. The Apostles' Creed is a great tool for reminding ourselves of what exactly those essentials are. Albert, Albert, Albert Moeller states, 
All Christians believe more than is contained in the Apostles' Creed, but none can believe less. And that's a great statement. (laughs) If our beliefs and convictions do not go beyond the Creed, then we don't have any familiarity with the Bible. So we must go further than the Creed in our walk with Christ, right? All of us must. But also, if each state of the creed represents an an essential doctrine that, if denied, removes a person from the historical stream of orthodoxy. And we should also note, the very structure of the Apostles' Creed reflects the structure of the gospel. You see, it begins with God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. He built the cosmos out of nothing, giving humanity the distinct privilege of reflecting his image. But we rebelled. Discontented with being like God, we tried to become gods, and as a result, our sin broke us and the world under our dominion, ushering in death. But God did not leave us to perish in our sins, but instead he sent his only Son, who is the eternal word, by whom and through whom the world was made. So God's Son, Jesus Christ, was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, entered into our world as one of us, the God-man fully human and fully divine, lived a life of perfection and rejection that culminated in his willing crucifixion as a substitute for us. Upon that cross, the only person to never deserve death died and his body was placed in a grave for three days. On the third day, he rose to life, becoming the firstborn of the resurrection. Then he ascended into heaven to sit at the Father's right hand until the day that he will Turn to judge every soul that has ever lived with righteousness and equity. Until then, he has poured out upon his people the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Godhead, who dwells within us so that we are empowered to continue Jesus' earthly ministry. As such, we join every disciple of Jesus in the mission of calling all people to repent and believe in the good news to become disciples of Jesus as well. As they do, They too join the fellowship of God's people, rejoice in the forgiveness of their sins, and fix their hope upon our eternal life with Christ in resurrected bodies like his. And it's fitting that in the original Apostles' Creed, it ends with the word, Amen, because those who believe these things can scarcely say anything else. The reminder of this good news rooted in this triune God should elicit a joyous declaration of Amen, may it be so, from our lips. Brothers and sisters, these must be living truths within our breasts, not dead pieces of knowledge or trivia. Thank you so much for listening. For more resources for knowing and loving God's word, please visit bcnewton.co. And until next time, grace and peace.